We're all good. We're all good? We're all good. 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 Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, wherever you are in the world, for another episode of Endurance Chat. I'm Flabman11, and today we are going to take a look at the Sebring doubleheader weekend for IMSA and WEC. Woo! What a weekend of motorsports we have. But before we get into that, there's a few things I just want to tie off first. Um, before I do any of that, I should probably introduce my uh, co-presenter, Kiwi Chris 1709 Hi, Kiwi. Hi, Flood. G'day. G'day, everybody. It's been it's been a week, hasn't it? That's one way of putting it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the first end I want to tie off is, yes, we know that we're running very late in terms of getting this out at a reasonable time. Um, unfortunately, life has hit all of us pretty hard this week um, to the point where this was literally the only available time where we had two people able to sit together and have a chat about the race um which you know the wc race starts in what less than tw- uh, 24 hours from now uh you're giving the qualifying in 13 hours from which time of recording yeah so we're running it pretty fine and we understand that it's not great but thank you for being patient with us and remembering that we are just a bunch of dudes who love talking about motorsports around the world the second thing that we definitely need to talk about is the very unfortunate news coming from the formula one side of the motorsport world um which was that uh charlie whiting the uh, race director for formula one passed away in Melbourne this morning uh, at the time of recording uh, due to uh, a pulmonary embolism, which is, I guess, just one of those things that really sucks. <laughs> yeah, one of those things that unfortunately happens when you get into your 60s and 70s and... Uh, uh, making long-haul flights across the world. Yeah. And it's yeah. just it's absolutely devastating because he was one of the good guys. Yes, definitely. In... in the world of motorsport where there is more politics than we ever want to deal with, Charlie Whiting was always someone who was was there for the love of the sport. Mm. He's and, like the F1 Don Panos. Yes. Well, considering he started out at F1 as a mechanic, Heskett's Racing Brabham under Bernie Hilston was the chief mechanic for Nelson Piquet's car when he won his championships. It's It's... Crazy the sort of legacy that Charlie Whiting has had, not just in Formula One but in motorsports, and the the motorsports community is is much worse off without him being a part of it. Which, yeah, which is a real which is a real shame. And you can just see from the outpouring of support and emotion and uh, tributes from all corners of motorsport, not just in F one, but. Guys over in MotoGP have been doing it as well. The V8 Supercars guys, uh, of course, in the WEC paddock as well. There have been tributes coming out. And it's, on one hand, it's a very terrible thing. But on the other hand, it's beautiful the way that that the community has come, come together. Um, which is just unfortunate that such a terrible event has done, made it so. 
Yeah, and such a it's kind of such a pull over what was going to be such an exciting event this week as well. Um, yeah, and that's with the start of the F one. Yeah, and that's just an absolute shame of it all that he was so far away from home as well. It's just just a bunch of just not really nice factors all coming up together in one really nice not nice event. Yeah, yeah. So rest in peace, Charlie, mm-hmm. and. Hope you get blue flags all the way up to heaven. Is is that is that okay to say? <laughs> well, you said it now. Shit. Uh, thoughts go out to Charlie's family as well. They'll be doing it incredibly tough. Um, and yeah, I just hope the film one paddock does the right thing by him, and we have a nice, safe weekend. Yep, a hundred percent agreed on all accounts. Um, but on the other side of the world to the Formula One circus and also us in Australia, uh, is, yeah, the aforementioned Sebring doubleheader weekend. So we have, for the first time, a significant WEC race with a significant IMSA race crammed into the same weekend. It's a significant event. It- <laughs> That's a bit of an understatement. Do you reckon? Do you reckon you would be able to prepare your yourself and your body for going to like basically camping out in the middle of, pardon me, Florida, uh, going to bed one night after watching an eight-hour race, and then waking up the next day to prep for a twelve-hour race that finishes at midnight? You're saying this to a guy who just flew to Florida for a twenty-four-hour race a couple of months ago. This is a good point. Okay, yes, <laughs> but I get your point. Get, it, yeah, it's like a it's like a double headliner. Like, how do you yeah. how do you cope with that? It's like it's in a way, it's kind of like the Grand Prix here in Melbourne with the V 8s People go for both, and they're there for all of both. And oh my god, it's so yeah, exciting! But, yeah, but in that case, the the V eights are definitely the support act. I don't think you could call WC the support act. No, you are. But, it's, it's kind of like an American buffet with a massive entree and a massive main all at once. <laughs> Speaking from personal experience? Yes. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, it's it's a smorgasbord of, of endurance racing talent and teams and hopefully good racing. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. It's Sebring. Has it ever produced a bad race? Uh, I mean, I'm sure, across, I'm sure across the 70 years it has, but... I mean, I seem to remember not that long ago the, the famous six hours and 12 minutes of Sebring... Um, due to all the cautions, there was that one that was red flagged because it rained like eighty percent of the time, and you know, there's, 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 there's those ones. Yeah. And that's only in recent memory. And then there was that race which had like eighty cars in it and eight classes when they tried to combine that's the paddocks. True. That's true. But- so it's a bit of a, it's a bit of an enigma. But hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, this logistical nightmare turns into a great weekend for racing fans. But over seventy cars, over two entry lists. It's going to be a mega weekend. Some of the fastest tin tops we got. That's a great way of putting it. I'm quite excited because I'm swapping tonight's shift so I can stay up and watch all of it and not get annoyed at anyone. And um, me. and we have to piggy that back with the V8s in the Australian Grand Prix. We, I'm just going to call them sick to work next week. I'm going to need the time off. Dude, that sounds like a plan. <laughs> um, So where do we want to go first? Do we want to talk about the American stuff or do we want to talk about the World Endurance Championship stuff? 
Uh, let's talk about the World Endurance Championship stuff because it's been so long since we've been able to talk about the World Championship, World Endurance Championship stuff. I know! I know! What is this? We have literally between the Shanghai race at the end of last year, not the end of last season, the end of last year, to when race start tomorrow for us, uh, on Friday, it would have been 117 days. 117 days between two races in the same season. I've had relationships last less long than... I can't even count to 117. That doesn't surprise me I can't get, mind you, I can't count to 11.7, so you know. <laughs> Bloody Kiwis. But yeah, you know, it's, it's crazy to think we can go this long. And the build up and everything and it's finally coming around it's like thank Christ for this and the thing is from here it just seems to come quickly yeah it's because it's right after the big the only big break in the sports car calendar because if you think about it there's only the only proper break between for like IMSA WEC uh, Blank Pain and IGTC is like between February the Bathurst 12 hour at the beginning of February and then this in March. Hmm. Like, there, there's just every other s- weekend, there's some other event on. So, to come, to build into this weekend with that sort of break and that much hype is, it's been a refreshing little bit of a change yes, as well. Yes, yes. And we know we're going to get absolutely caned for the next six months on this podcast, but <laughs> it's been nice to be able to build up to it like you said and it just adds to the excitement as well uh you've got record ticket sales you've got all this hype about it people who are negative suddenly go okay actually this might not be the worst thing in the world no because the worst thing in the world is another freaking eot bulletin oh don't you just get sick of the words eot like you've put in the notes what is it good for absolutely creating some semblance of competition in the top class of LMP. Say it again! (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, there has been another EOT adjustment Mm -hmm. for the N plus one time, where N is the number of races. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if we're being completely honest, this one wasn't totally unexpected, was it? Okay, I will be 100% honest mm. uh, on top of your total honesty and say that I kind of have, like, stepped away from following WEC News because of my involvement with the Adelaide 500 and everything that's mm-hmm. come from that. So I was basically focused entirely on V8 stuff for the last two weeks. So you'll have to regale me. Why was this not unexpected? Well, yeah, I can thank Travavasaurus for his notes on this one. He left a lot of notes. But the way the hybrids make their power... According to him, they needed to make some changes so they're actually a chance of maintaining that similar advantage they've had at previous races because of the way that, you know, they've got two long straights here back-to-back. Yep. So the hybrid works differently. It's obviously hmm, okay. it resets when you cross the line. you got the whole almond straight before you do that here as well. That's an interesting point, but I would have thought that they would have been using a bit more of the hybrid boost around the back end of the circuit where it's more like coming get of, into coming, and out of corners, yeah. Yeah, but it's a pretty slow corner onto the Ullman and coming out of Sunset this as well. This is true. Yeah, this is true. Sunset in LMP1 cars just quietly going to be 
most terrifyingly awesome thing to witness mm. because of because of everything about that. But we'll talk about that a little later. So what? So the ERT is just a, a kind of like rebalance sort of yeah yeah and then yeah yeah um a lot of people were really up in arms about it as well as you know as soon as you mentioned eot people do go up in arms about it but he and i sort of share the same opinion that it's not necessarily the most drastic oh my god this is stuffed up change in the world okay that's good then um because remember if we didn't have this eot we'd have all the lmp1 non-hybrid five or six seconds a lap down so Potato, tomato. Um, a few other things ab- about the LMP1 privateers, though. Uh, we still haven't seen proprietary tyres made for them yet, which is still going to be the biggest step up in performance for them. And I would have thought with the long break between Shanghai and Sebring that it would have been an opportunity to bring the tire- bring those proprietary LMP1 non-hybrid tyres in. But it looks like... Well, I mean... Yeah, it looks like that that hasn't been able to happen. They, well, look, yes, but at the same time, they're making 16,000 tyres for this weekend. This is Michelin, yeah. <laughs> so, that's a lot of time to make that is That is a lot of tyre, yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't just, and I don't think it's right to, to experiment coming into this sort of event. Yeah, that's a good point. Because <laughs> this event is so brutal. Yeah, and maybe so maybe on the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe if like we go back to Spa, then we might have tyres then, or maybe even for Le Mans. But yeah, maybe with Sebring, it's just like, okay, let's just hang on to what we got, because yeah, yeah what we got, we know is not going to explode. <laughs> yes, we haven't got Conti, so we're going to be fine. It would have been very interesting, though. Okay, this is just me having a fever dream. It would have been interesting and hilarious if the DPIs on Continentals at the same race weekend were slower than the LMP2 uh, WC teams on Michelin's. Uh, that would have absolutely tickled me pink. But unfortunately, well, fortunately for the quality of racing, but unfortunately for me and my fever dream, Michelin are supplying all the tires for DPI. So we, I, I don't get to I don't get to see my continental fantasy Aww. you can tell that we're having a good night as well can't you <laughs> okay so what's the next point on our, our run sheet oh yes the race the race so yes. this is there's a race going on um, so yes this is the first of the new new formats for the WEC that are being introduced over the course of this year for next season yes yes, yes. <laughs> Yes, it is. Um, it's, um, so, go ahead. So it's what eight hours or a thousand miles, whichever comes first. Yeah. Now we're so, likely to get pretty close to the eight hours anyway, aren't we? Yeah, it'll be. This kind of reminds me of when Petit Le Mans was first Petit Le Mans, where it was ten hours or was that also a thousand miles? It, it, well, I think so. Now, you now got me googling this. Yeah, yeah well, I it, was, there... it was it was the one k miles, one thousand. Yeah, so so it was ten ten hours or a thousand miles, and I don't. I think they got to the ten hours like once in the uh, entire yes. history of it. Yeah, here we go. They've actually got it here in the Wikipedia thing. Yeah, so I, I I seem to recall them only ever reaching the ten hours once. 
then because of course we're talking about GTP and GT1 and then into the LMP1 days like they'd knock out oh yeah easy the thousand miles before uh before hitting that 10 hour mark oh there you um, go yeah 2000, 2009 was the only year that she made it 10 hours there you go this uh sorry a thousand miles in eight hours is going to be a much tighter prospect um but with the lmp1 cars the way that they are it should be feasible so we worked it out just before we recorded that a thousand miles in eight hours works out to 125 miles an hour right correct so an average speed of 125 miles an hour. So for those uh, not a part of the United States who use actual standardized units, uh, that works out to, uh, what did I say? It was 200 kilometers per hour, almost exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so 201.168 to be exact. Yeah, so 201 kilometers per hour. Going by the times that were set in practice this morning slash afternoon slash etc depending on where you are uh the toyotas and the smp racing cars for that matter were hitting time uh, hitting average speeds over a single lap of 210 kilometers per hour which is like Mm. what uh 130 miles per hour yep even the p2s were right on that 201k an hour mark yeah so it should be feasible um, but that is, remember, the absolute maximum pace. Mm. Well, sorry, that is the one lap pace without any sort of delays. So if we get a significant amount of full course yellow, or if there's a weather delay, or if there's, you know, any sort of extended stoppage, we will be hitting that eight hour buffer before we hit the distance number. Yeah, yeah. Which probably means that they're not going to worry about that too much in strategy because. I imagine most teams will be planning on going the eight-hour distance. They're going the distance. Yeah, it'll be close. I would love to see... The, okay, another another Bloodman Fever dream, TM. <laughs> We're going to make this a thing now. <laughs> oh, this is God. what happens when we start recording literally... What time is it? Literally 20 hours after I woke up. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, about the same for me too, actually. Yeah, so this is what happens when I when I've been up this long. Flyman fever dreams. I would love to see a situation where, in any particular class, uh, where one team has tried to play a strategy assuming they achieve the distance, and the other team has played a strategy assuming they end up at the time, and <laughs> it's like it's like one or two laps between the two, and I would be like absolutely tickled pink again. If it, if it came down to like one team having to pit a lap before the end because they've just made a miscalculation mm-hmm. and it runs the full time distance instead of the full lap distance or something like that, and it would just be like that would blow the roof off everything. It would be cool. <laughs> no, nah, I think these teams are too good to make that sort of change. Well, it wouldn't. Uh, it's not that they'd be too good. It would be they'd try and. Yeah. They'd play the margins that fine. Yeah. Because we haven't had a distant certain WEC race ever. Ever. Well, the closest we got was back in the Intercontinental, Intercontinental Le Mans Cup, yes. right? There were, yeah. Yeah, there, there were, were a thousand thousand or, fi- or miles in the case of Petit, obviously. Yep. Okay, so, okay. So, yeah, we haven't had a distant certain top-level endurance race for 
almost well for eight years. So this will be this will be an interesting challenge. I mean, it's probably not going to be that much of a challenge because you know these teams are professionals, but mm-hmm. you don't see a lot of distance certain finishes in sports cars anymore. You don't. You don't. It's all timed. I'd love to see more of it, actually. So would I, actually. Uh, you could, I could certainly see, like, a, you know, a hundred... And you don't always make them a thousand Ks. You can, let's say, maybe, like, the, the hundred laps of Spa, just throwing a number out there. Well, okay, that's probably a bit short, you know, but... Yeah. Just very... That would be, very that would be like, 600 Ks. Yeah, so you maybe make it 200 laps of Spa. I'd... Yeah, I'd be down for that. But... Uh, but yeah, even even something like the old World Sports Car Championship used to do 300k races as mm. like their their quote sprint race. Yeah, not an hour forty, IMSA. Ah, <laughs> uh, bloody IMSA. Anyway, um, but another interesting thing about the WEC race is that it's doing the old uh, Lone Star Le Mans thing, mm-hmm. where they start in daylight and end in darkness which will be really, really cool. Yes. But it's not only that, it's actually pretty heavily weighted towards one side, isn't it? Yeah, so I should also, there's three hours of daylight. So they're starting, what, is it four local? Uh, let me just double check. Um, yes, 4 p.m. local. 4 local, yep, running through to midnight. So there's about three hours of daylight and then five hours of darkness at a track that's not really well lit at the best of times. Oh, trust me, those guys up at Turn 10, they're going to be absolutely lit AF, my friend. We will get to that. <laughs> so the, illumin- um, the illumination around the back of the course might be fine, but... <laughs> let's just, just hope they just don't get a gazebo on the track again. <laughs> let's let's hope they can just keep keep their cool for long enough to make sure that they don't let a gazebo go. We'll, okay, we're getting sidetracked again. <sighs> Okay, so yeah, so yeah this will be. I love I love when races do more night running because mm. we don't see enough night running. And it's, full stop. And it's not just the race qualifying sessions are all going to be in darkness as well. Ah, oh, that is so cool. We don't get enough of that. Okay, we get it at Le Mans, but Le Mans qualifying is a bit different. Yeah, Le Mans is its own entity almost. Mm. Um, Actually, do we? Yeah, we don't so, have so, any other WEC races that finish in dark, do we? No, um, not anymore, at least. Uh, well, yeah, not at all, because it used to be the Lone Star Le Mans. It used to be the, the um, oh, well, Coda guess, race. I guess Bahrain, when it comes back. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Bahrain does does the, the night finish thing. Mm-hmm. And, this, like, okay, people shit on Bahrain a fair bit because of, you know, the political situation, the oppressive regime, and there no, being no spectators, etc., etc. But I actually, I will leap to its defense every single time because I think the track that produces great racing and there is nothing cooler to me than seeing that desert sunset over mm-hmm. the over the circuit and just the beautiful colors, man. Well, they, it's they're gorgeous. Just, they're just something about the sun. Like you see it at Bathurst in the morning, you know, when at the first crack of the 12 hour, the Bahrain when it's going down, it just adds something. It makes the cars pop almost. That golden hour of light just makes yep. everything more gorgeous. Yep. Everything. Even Kiwi. Even Kiwi looks God. better in that golden morning. No, I look I look better with the I look better with the lights off and a paper bag filming over your head. Whoa. 
Okay, I'm just going to move straight on from that. (laughs) Conversation over. One thing that the WEC teams in particular wouldn't have experienced a lot, uh, if at all, actually, is the track surface at Sebring. um, Because it is renowned for being bloody awful. (laughs) Has it been surfaced once in, in the track's history, has it? I have no idea. I would not be surprised if it hasn't. Because that would just be, like, the most American thing. Just like, ah, we're not going to service this race track at all. We're just going to let it deteriorate and it'll be more of a challenge. Well, a lot of of it's concrete, so... Yeah, exactly. It used used to be an Air Force base, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. World War II... The actual course runs on World War II era landing fields. So So they're concrete slabs with big gaps in them. Well, there you go. And yeah, a lot of a lot of it's the concrete still the original, still the original concrete. That is actually quite terrifying. Here, and here you go. Yeah, so three three miles of asphalt, 0.7 miles of concrete. Do you think many WEC teams have raced on concrete before? No, no. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not very nice. And this is a pretty famous quote from a driver i feel like it was one of the uh audi drivers either alan mcnish or tom christensen he said that the most difficult of the endurance classics isn't le mans it's not daytona it's not the Nordschleife. it's sebring because going over the bumps and having to deal with that terrain the concrete the bumps the track surface changes mm. all of that for 12 hours is more taxing on the mind and the body than a stint at Le Mans. Yeah. So, and it's probably more. And I think someone else, like one of the engineers, has said twelve hours here is like twenty four hours at Le Mans on the car. On what? Sorry. On the on the car itself. So the actual like, wouldn't surprise wear and tear me. On the it wouldn't car. surprise. Me. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all that a lot of teams come here to do private testing because mm. you're going to batter a car here like you wouldn't anywhere else, uh, uh, except it maybe if you're Toyota at Silverstone. Well, yeah, yeah, well. Actually, do you reckon Toyota's going just a bit sheepishly, going, ooh, let's not, let's just make sure we've got the right height, just high enough? Maybe that's that's why the EOT change have been made. Toyota's just going, hey, hey, ACO, okay, so these bumps, right? We can't get <laughs> over them without destroying our car, so do you want to maybe just give us a little, little more breathing room? Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. We'll see you at the podium again. Maybe. Let's that was stopping like, so okay. cool. Ah, uh, it's uh, this floods fever dreams, man. This is what happens. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not in your fever dreams yet. Oh, oh god. <laughs> okay, and we're going off the cliff. Stop derailing me, man. <laughs> Are you? I'm in a fragile day. I can't keep doing this. Anyway, so seeing as, as it has been, as we mentioned, 117 days mm-hmm. since the last WC race. There has been a few changes in the uh, in the personnel and in the entry lists uh, around the WC paddock. So, firstly, we we should go from the top. So, we'll go go from LMP one. What's changed in LMP one for this race? Um, we'll start at Rebellion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Andre Lotterer has is unfortunately going to lose his status of the uh, every WEC event club mm-hmm. um, because he's... What is he doing this weekend, Kiwi? He's testing a Formula E car. Sim testing 
a Formula E car. Yep. Uh, look, I want to be mad, but contracts are a thing. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. So, like, you can't really be mad at that. It is a shame. Um, but he's being replaced in the number one car by Matthias Besch, who got dumped from the number three car and then a, a, literally a week later was immediately recalled to the number one. Oh, so, sorry, Matthias. We didn't mean to sack you. Come back, come back. Please, please, please. Here's a sack for the cash. We're sorry. We're sorry, sir. It was just a weird situation. It, I would have never have thought that they would have just kind of thrown Besh out. Maybe, okay, maybe they didn't. Maybe they announced... Because they announced Berton before Lotterer said that he was mm-hmm. moving or well, doing the Formula E test. Or, sorry, was committed to the Formula E test. Yeah, yeah. So so maybe they announced Berton as a safety net and then once they got Lotterer confirmed, they're like, okay, we'll move Besh over. Easy. Yeah, that, that sounds... That- it's probably what happened. We're probably reading way too much into it. They just got their timings a bit wrong. Fingers crossed, because I'd still rate Besh better than mm. the other dri- the other drivers. I think Besh is probably the best the best one in that number three car. He's the best. He's the best. The best. The best. Um, um, what do you I- think about Berthon getting caught up into that car? It's a bold call into the three. I, I've liked him when he's not crashing. See, I don't. I I think it's a a, a pretty not a poor. Well, I guess I I'll, I'll commit to saying yeah. I think it's a poor pickup because remember, uh, Berton got dumped from G Drive two seasons ago for being slower than Rusinov. This is true. This is true. I did forget about so, that. So yeah. So like, I mean. You could, you could. Brendan Hartley's free. No, he's not. No, he's not. No. Well, I mean, what's he, he driving then? He's, he was the next change. Oh, okay. So Brendan Hartley's not free, apparently. No. Uh, yeah. Jensen, so Jensen Button Buttons had to step away from the SMP drive. He'll be back from the mon. Yep. So Brendan Hartley's been caught up for that one instead. Okay. I mean, I'm totally okay with this because. Brendan Hartley, I do very much like Brendan Hartley. I'm, I'm sure the absolutely unbiased Kiwi Chris seventeen oh nine also quite likes Brendan Hartley for reasons entirely related to his skill as a motorsport driver. Oh yeah, he look, he's a he's a fantastic Kiwi, and I just love a Kiwi. <laughs> um, so I think that's a good move. Um, yeah. uh, of pe- course, pairing him with Elation and Petrov. Yep. So that's an interesting so- lineup. That one. I I'd put that as the better of the two lineups. Mm. Um, yeah, just because um, on the on the strength of Sorokin. Yeah, uh, and uh, well, yeah, Sorokin. Who's replacing uh, Mateus Azakian? What happened to Azakian? He's Azaki gone. Ouch! He's just gone. Ouch! Big big ouch. Mm. Um. Yeah, that's not great for Izakian, who had a pretty tumultuous time in the WEC. Well, he was the one that went, turned the car turtle with um, Spa, wasn't it? At not? Spa, yeah. yeah. Oh. And he didn't necessarily have the best of runs at some of the other events as well. Mm-mm. So I think that's Run Russian not being paid. Another one who now is being paid is no longer in a 4-1 drive. 
Uh, yep, fun times. Fun times in the LMP1 paddock. Mm-hmm. Um, one notable omission from the LMP1 paddock is that of number four car, by collars. Yep, completely gone. Um, massive uphill early in the season where they decided their engine was rubbish, which we all knew. I don't think the engine was rubbish. I just think the development cycle for the engine was rubbish and the implementation of that engine and support of that engine was rubbish. So the engine supplies were rubbish. Yeah, let's put it that way. The yeah. engine supplier was rubbish. So they've they've taken this event to step back and get their new supplier, who is... Gibson! We've heard that name before. Um, I feel like they're important in running a few prototype cars. Just a few. Every, yeah. P, every P2 and a Dragon Speed. <laughs> and a Rebellion. And a Rebellion. Um, did, you intention, did you intentionally leave the Rebellions out, making a, a joke about their chassis being basically the P2 chassis? Basically, yes. <laughs> well done. Um, that's, that's much higher brow than I would have expected from you. Thank you. <laughs> was it the P2 Gibson or was it the Dragon Speed Gibson? What do you mean? I th- uh, what what, what speck Gibson was it? Because I feel like it wasn't. Yeah, the they're, they're getting they're getting the the LMP one Gibson, the the, the Gibson, Dragon Speed and Rebellion Gibson. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I just yeah. for some reason I thought they were getting the P two. I'm like, no, that can't be right. Well, I mean, you can't have a proprietary chassis in P two. It has to be it has to be one of the four nominated chassis. And I mean, I know no, Black Holes have engine, been on, engine, on that pace. Engine, I mean. Yeah, but I'm, I but I know that bike collars have been around that pace, mm. but I don't think they'd be allowed to. Oh, oh. there you go. You got there. You got there in the end. God, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll move move down the list to P two. Um, mm-hmm. a f- most of the class is mostly the same. Yeah, couple, um, couple of big changes though. Yeah, most notably the number thirty seven car, the old Malaysia car, which is now not even a little bit Malaysian anymore. <laughs> no, um, but I do like the tra- drivers they're bringing in. Mm, um, a lot. Yeah, so Will Stevens. Nice. Nice. Jordan King. I'm guessing you, nice. have, no idea, you have no idea who he is? Nope, not even a little bit. Well, so he is, uh, he's born in 1994. He actually races in an Indy car for Ed Carpenter. Oh, there you go. Um, race so he's a young gun up and camera I mean he's 24 that's not really a young gun anymore yeah true oh compared to me got him 31 <laughs> this is true um he also raced in Formula 2 in 2017 not the worst also been a test driver in Formula 1 for what team was that matter okay so comes from a bit of pedigree yeah, um, yeah. but I do like their AM driver that they've got in that AM driver makes me very happy David Hennemeyer Hansen is back, baby. Yes! Probably one of the best actual, like, true AM drivers in the LMP2 class, I would say. Well, we just think that to the mind a couple of years ago where he was giving it to the pros. And not only that, um, remember the Nürburgring last year where he fought off John Eric Verne for half a stint? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what more can you say about this bloke? Brilliant, love it. Absolutely um, brilliant. Uh, I don't think there's any other major changes in L2. I think it is just that one car. Uh, yes, everything else yep. in P2 is just the same. And P2, as we know here, is going to be a cluster muck of cluster muckiness. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Love, love a good cluster muck. Mm-hmm. I just hope, I, I just hope a Ferrari doesn't ramp a P2 car again. 
Yeah, let's try and avoid that this time, please, Prancing Horse. Yep. Speaking of Ferraris, uh, they are here with their normal lineup, um, which is not even a little bit surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have an extra driver in each of those cars. In fact, I think a lot of the teams have brought an extra driver in each of those cars. Which is just sensible because eight hours, four hours each. Mm. It, it, it's, yeah. Six hours is on that, on that borderline where we can get away with two drivers. Eight hours, you'd much rather have a competent third. And with the way that most GTE drivers now plug and play. Yeah, with well, the, the two extra drivers that Ferrari brought along, drivers with Ferrari pedigree as well. So you've got Daniel Serra in the 51 and... The 71's got Miguel uh, Molina, so... Yeah, incredibly solid. Exactly right. Um, the Corvettes are also racing this weekend uh, yes. in the WEC. And now this is actually... Sorry, the one Corvette. Yeah, this is actually the the US-backed Corvette, run by the te- yep. run by this Corvette team from the IMSA series. Yeah, so is this the, the same car that they had in China? I believe it's the same car. Okay. Uh, because the obviously the two the actual true Corvette cars will be racing mm. in the race the following in, day. Yes. Okay. Um. So, but the lineup there: Yan Magnussen, Antonio Garcia, Mike Rockefeller. Oh, it's great to see Rocky back in the WEC <laughs> field, isn't it? They're not holding back with this either, which you would. Ex- I don't want to say you would you wouldn't expect them to hold back, but Corvette in WEC is. The, when it's not the mind, it's always been a bit of a hit or miss proposition. Yeah, that's a good point. It, is, it does always seem just a bit half-hearted. Yeah, they're doing it properly for here, at least. Which makes sense, because yeah. they're in their own backyard. Exactly right. What it, um, what it does mean, though, because they're entering in the spa as well, I believe. They're a part-time entry that's entering in more races than they're not entering in. My head hurts. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Corvette. Oh, just, just, just bite the bullet and enter the series, would you? Just do it. Just do it. Um, final note on GTLM. Oh, GTLM. God, GTE. <laughs> uh, Porsche are going to be running their Brumos liveries again. And yes. Sure yeah. that you brought me back from Daytona, and it's going to be freaking awesome. So thank you yes. very much. Uh, not a problem. Yeah. Speaking of merch, it's a complete sidebar. Guess how much a Mercedes hat costs if you want to buy a Formula One Mercedes hat? Upwards of fifty dollars. Higher. I did say upwards. Try 120. What? What? For yeah. a hat. For a hat. For a hat. For a hat. What? Yeah. So merchandise isn't cheap, people. If you're going to go to Sebring, bring your wallet. You might need it. <laughs> what? Well, I mean, it's not an F1 event, but still. What? <laughs> I am so shocked. I can't even begin to process the fact that we're going to have a different livery Ferrari GT AM car on the grid. That's how shocked I am now. <laughs> uh, we should talk about that livery. Um, because obviously, Winsung Muck, this is, we're talking about Clearwater here, he's gone off into retirement. Beautiful career that he had, mm-hmm. mostly because of the car. The car just looked gorgeous. And he's also retired the livery, which is like a little sad, but also in, entirely understandable. And what a send-off for Wang Sung Mok and that livery, by the way. Uh, putting it on a Suzuki Swift to run in the, <laughs> yes. the Shanghai... Uh, sorry, the Sepang 12 Hours, was it, that he ran in? Yes, it was, the Asian. What a cool way to go, to go out. <laughs> Not bad, um, eh? <laughs> yeah. But replacing... Un- sorry, go ahead. I was going to say the most un like car you can get. 
looked gorgeous, looked yeah, amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but replacing the driver lineup of that car because, of course, without Wang Sumwok, you also lose um, Kata Sauer, mm-hmm. I think, and uh, so they they've kind of left as a duo. Um, but replacing those two uh, is uh, Luis Perez Compagnac and mm-hmm. Matteo Cressoni. Um, two drivers of blank pain uh, pedigree, I feel. Yes. Definitely recognize those two names. Um, yep. And, and Compiac's Compi- a former rally driver as well. Ooh, nice. Um, and they're paired up with Matt Griffin, who just does that thing where he drives Ferrari's good. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, don't think there's any other changes in the GTM ranks. Uh, Dempsey Proton still has one TBA. Yeah, and that's really intriguing because oh. that would normally be Christian Reed. Yes. Yeah. Very interesting. So we could have we could have the end of the every event club this weekend if Christian Reed doesn't isn't there. Uh we're looking at timing, he's listed on timing, so okay, there you go. So that's good. I, one, I do one, like... thing, one thing we should mention Project One, I gotta make the race. Yes, that's brilliant. So catch us up. What happened? Why are we talking? They had a slight barbecue which killed their car completely. <sighs> and there are there are cheaper ways to barbecue than with a Porsche flat six engine. Yeah, but it just gives you, it just gives you that crispy sausage tang that you love. Just that precision German engineering. Oh yeah, but now they've been able to source another chassis from which has been flown over from Germany. Wow. Okay. So they're um. So they picked that up, I believe, as late as yesterday. Damn, and they got it to the track, and they're on track and setting times. Well, that's you, awesome. Yeah, that's pretty pretty damn good. Sweet. Uh, do we want to have a quick chat about the time so far, or do we just kind of want to move move on? Uh, times are good. Okay, that's fine. Um, just just before we do move on, um. Mm-hmm. There is one battle I really want to focus on more than all the other ones, and that is the battle for that last step on the podium, assuming Toyota take one and two. SMP Racing versus Rebellion is going to be closer than ever based on what we've seen from the practice sessions today. Oh, yeah. We're talking three-tenths of a second between the top three of those four. And the slow yeah. one had is Yanni Besh and Senna, so you keep them to pick up the pace. That well, that was in the free practice two and free oh, yeah. practice one. Um, it was completely the other way around. Mm. It was uh, the S and P guys just behind the rebellion guys. But honestly, looking at how close the times are, what you've got the S and P fastest lap was a forty three flat mm-hmm. in practice two, yeah. and then the rebellion fastest lap was a forty three three. Yeah. So bugger rule. There's two fists of bugger rule. Absolutely. Oh, that makes me really excited because we still haven't really seen a, like, proper full-on slugfest between S&P and Rebellion. We've just been crying out for it because Toyota's been so dominant this season that mm-hmm. we, need, we need something in P1 just to get us, I guess, interested and excited. And if this pace keeps it up, this could be it. Yeah. I'm really excited to actually see on-track battles in P1 again. Yeah, it just it's just... Like, makes me limit the fact that Toyota are so far ahead of the pack because if we were talking about this for a P1 championship battle we'd be going nuts can you imagine if it was this close at Le Mans and Toyota didn't exist ah! 
It would be sick. See, this is another another flood fever dream. If I, yeah, if Toyota hadn't entered, yeah, the championship would have lost so much commercial backing. But at least P1 would be so exciting to watch. <laughs> There's only, mm. one, there's, there's only two things I can make certain about P1 this this race. Toyota's, Toyota's going to win if they don't DQ. And, <laughs> yep. Dragons, and Dragons is going to be terrible. Hey, brilliant. I love that. Everything else is up in the air. It's so great. Um, quickly, final comment on GT mm-hmm. before we move on. It looks like the Aston Martin is... Aston Martin 97 and the Ford 67 are the two cars that are putting in the Hero Times. Uh, and it looks like mm-hmm. also the Corvette is not having a good time of it at the moment. Yeah, um, we should point out that's why the uh, the drivers at Ford have brought in Jonathan Bonarito, Billy Johnson. They're going to fit in nicely in those teams. Yeah, Bonarito especially. He'll be doing. He'll, does that mean he'll be doing double duty? Um, I th- think maybe. Yeah. Um, well, Hartley's doing double duty. Yeah. Yeah. I have to check that now before I go. This is this is yet another thing we probably should have looked at before. He, he is doing he is doing double duty. Yep, along with all of the guys in the Corvette car. Mm-hmm. And are any of the Porsche guys doing double duty? I don't believe so. No, yeah, they're they're not. Mm. Um, because it's two separate teams. <laughs> um, just finally, we are saying that like we have said that. Uh, Aston Martin and Ford are the ones setting the pace but in reality the entire field the entire field is encapsulated by one second so what do you know BAP works GT, GT yeah GTLM yeah uh, GT, GT, GT oh, GT Pro yes okay um, <sighs> predictions do you feel brave enough to make predictions Toyota's is winning brilliant what about GT <laughs> ugh <laughs> What a sound. Do you reckon Aston Martin are going to be competitive this race? God, I hope so. <laughs> I Me really, too. Well, I really what, hope what so. BMW? What about BMW? No. No? Oh, ouch. Well, but... they've been dog's balls in both series all season. Okay, all season for IMSA's one race, but you get my point. <laughs> they they got a few race wins last year in IMSA, so... Yeah, but they were balls at Daytona. Yeah, well, that's just... And, and, and still one. Yeah. Um, so, as we said, uh, race start is 4pm local uh, on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking for the race, um, we will have a race thread up. Uh, hopefully, one of us is of sound mind and questionable <laughs> to be able to put up a race thread and monitor it for that eight hours. Um, sound mind. Yeah, we'll see how we go. Moving on, we'll go to the IMSA side of things. Um, now, this is a, here's a discussion point for you. Mm-hmm. IMSA is the real Sebring race. Yes. Discuss. Yes? Why? History. Uh, American Le Mans series did race here in the 12-hour, and that was with LA, which is the top class of prototype racing, mm-hmm. which is probably the bigger draw card internationally. But... Sebring's always had that feel of being America's race. And an American series in America's race. And the A and the ALMS is kind of going into IMSA. The fact they had P1s doesn't really matter. That lineage sort of goes into WeatherTech and DPI now. 
Okay, okay. Because so even it's, though it's, it's like Bathurst, bloody, is it the same thing? Isn't it where the mini one is? It is where the supercars one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, it's not the twelve hour. That's the Bathurst. The this is true. This is true. Okay, yeah, we'll concede that. But, but you said uh, America's race, uh, Amer- like American cars and American. Is it still all American when you're putting putting an LS engine in a French chassis and putting a Chevy badge on it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that one. We'll leave that one. Um, right, we're not American enough to debate this properly and tell us why yeah, we're this, wrong. This is a good point. This is why this is why we needed Cookie on board. But he's at the track, probably already quite in, inebriated. I'm sure he was inebriated before he thought about getting up the following day before going to the track. You used a lot of time qualifiers there, and I'm <laughs> confused. Okay, so the question I want to pose to follow up then, uh, less about the context of the event and more about the con- this particular event. What do we know? What what can we like glean about the championship so far based on the running at Daytona? Well, I think the key thing is Daytona is, especially this year, was so unrepresentative of anything that we're going to see the rest of the season. Are you sure? Well, the, well yes, because... Well, I, don't, I shouldn't say completely, but the way Daytona finished and the way it was so truncated meant we didn't really see enough, I don't think, to be able to give us a proper form guide. This is a good point. Um, and I 100% agree, in fact. I, I think... I think we mentioned in our uh, Daytona Rap podcast that the longest green flag stretch was 90 minutes, which is like a pit stop and a half for mm. prototypes. So we didn't really get to see a good long extended run. Just to, on your point where you said uh, we're not going to see anything like Daytona for the rest of the season, I just want to direct your attention to the forecast for this Saturday at Sebring. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, so... Uh, what I, what I'm seeing is uh, mostly cloudy, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, a ninety percent chance of late thunderstorms. Oh, so what was that about? Uh, not seeing, uh, not having what we saw at Daytona for the rest of the season. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> hey, I won't be there this time. I won't be getting rained on. Ah, yes, but you're in Melbourne, so you'll be getting rained on anyway. True. <laughs> Got you there. Um, uh, it's going to be uh, another bit of a cluster mock, I think, because, yeah, it, it's just going to be... Like, who knows what happened? Thunder- thunderstorms on the concrete? Remember the last time we had such a rain-affected race and we had, I think it was uh, Conrad... I, I specifically remember the Conrad Lamborghini mm-hmm. going four tyre barriers deep at yes. uh, Sunset Bend. Yes, yes, that's so, very true. So I just hope we don't end up with something similar to that. That's very, actually yeah. That's the way these DPIs are going at the moment, and with the, some of the drivers we see there, like you look at, especially like the Junkers Racing, who had a torrid time of it at Daytona. Yep. It'll be, yeah, it'll be something. Mm. I just yeah, I just hope we just don't have a lot of crashes but of course this is the 12 hours of Sebring and the 12 hours of Sebring in him is just like it's a bit of a crash fest so how many cars have we actually got for the 12 hours of Sebring in the IMS pad 38 38 so that's a pretty large field mm-hmm. still across uh, it's not the largest we've seen no it's not 70 cars but 
Um, that's, 11, that's 11 DPIs, 8 GTLMs, 17 GTDs, and 2 class that shouldn't exist. P2s. Yeah. Yeah, the P2 class is now, without Dragon Speed joining, is just in a really odd spot. Um, yeah. Didn't uh, didn't they get a, pick up a third car only very recently? Didn't uh, High Class Racing say that they'd be in the 12 hours of Sebring? Uh, not... I'm going to look at timing, but I don't think that's the case. No? Okay. As per the entry list, the two teams that they've got currently are the Performance Tech Motorsport and PR1 Matheson Motorsport. Yeah. Sorry, uh, it was not uh, High Class Racing. It was Anders Fjordback, the driver for High Class Racing, who's now been uh, added to the number 52 car, the PR1 Matheson oh, okay. Motorsports car. Yeah. So I was half right, maybe. Um so there isn't really too many surprises in terms of the entry list for IMSA. So all the teams that you kind of expected from Daytona are still there. Mm-hmm. Um and even with most of the same drivers, in fact, I think Yeah, mostly most of the drivers are, are the same. Um obviously you've got the drivers doing double duty. There's no there's no Fernando Alonso. Yeah, because he got vetoed by Toyota. Which I can understand. Yeah. Um, yes, there are guys doing double duty, but the factory team's not going to let their guy do double duty because that's just going to compromise them too much. Yeah, I think, especially for the P1 guys, they're mm-hmm. paid to be there to race the P1 that weekend. They need their mm-hmm. entire focus to be on the P1. It might be different for like a GTLM team where mm-hmm. you've got the same car or maybe even the same chassis racing in both races. That's very true. Um, mm-hmm. So that's him and Kobayashi out. Yep. Um, so they've that's the ten. So they brought in Vaxi Fier for that like that car, which I think is a fantastic oh, pickup. It is awesome, and it's awesome to see him get that opportunity for an outright. Mm, absolutely right. And he's, um, in, the, he's in the car that's one of the favourites for that outright too. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, pardon me. Absolutely. Um, the question I want to follow up then is: Who do you reckon are the other contenders for absolute? Uh, well, overall victory. Um, do you think, for example, the Mazdas might be able to live for 12 hours? No. No? Still still against the Mazda? I'm sorry, but the way they just failed at Daytona. just Quite spectacular, wasn't it? It was. And it's just sort of was like, yeah, we're in the... Oh, no, we're not anymore. Sorry, I've, I've, we've ruined your Waffle House dinner. Sorry about that. <laughs> no. I had the house. <laughs> Getting my American chain restaurants confused. Um, awful, awful human being. Yes. Um, five's an interesting one this year, this race. The yeah. Master and Sampling, because who's, they've got Brendan Hartley in that car. Who's which is awesome. Which is awesome. Who's out? Um, let me just have a quick check of my Daytona Spotters guide I've got up on the wall to figure it out. Christian Fittipaldi, because he's retired. Yep. And Mike Conway, which was in that car. Um, no, he wasn't. He never made the race. Didn't he? And he never made Daytona. Visa oh, issues. Well, there you go. Visa issues. Oh, that was right. Yeah, of course. And of course, he's driving the Toyota anyway, so he wouldn't mm. be able to. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. So yeah, Hartley's coming in for that one, so he's going to have a busy weekend, but again, great pickup for the Cadillac guys there. I'm sure he's loving it. I'm sure he's just oh. happy to be racing some top-level machinery again. Oh, yeah, yeah. And not have to put up with bloody politics of F1. Mm. And on a related note, he has been uh, doing tests with the, Formula, the Porsche Formula E project, so we could be seeing Hartley in a factory Formula E drive next year 
So um, that, they would make it two Kiwis in Formula E. Oh, you're bloody multiplying, I swear. <laughs> um, look, back to the current events. Penske, we know, are going to be... Well, they should be strong. Um, coming off their third at Daytona, where they were probably the form team at Daytona. Uh, they uh, See, the thing is, even though they looked strong in parts, they didn't ever really make the make the use of their strength. Mm. Like, the only real contenders, once the Mazda died, were the 10 and the 31. There was flashes from the Acuras, but we didn't really ever see them push on that. So, hopefully they actually, you know, take their chance, if they get it, and, well, sorry, make their chance, and then <laughs> take it. Yes, yes. Um, I think... Well, obviously, you've got the Wheel Engineering 31. That's always strong. NASA current yeah. Durrani. That is such a crazy car. I love it. It's awesome. Um, and I think that's where your win is going to come from. I can't see... Well, obviously, Core at a sport. Even though Nissan won last year, I can't see them getting close this year. That car is just a massive pile of poo on a crap sandwich. Wow, you're really not pulling any punches, are you? <laughs> no, no. This, again, this is what happens when I'm tired. <laughs> Um, and JDC just aren't really impressing me at the moment. Well, the thing is, yeah, JDC just... I, I, I can't recall them actually racing at Daytona, so, like, that's a sort of anon- anonymity that they had from that event. Yeah, well, they finished seven laps, seven laps off the pace. I'm yeah. sure they had an issue there, but... Yeah, probably. Um, but, yeah, it's just... One of the artifacts, because I was about to say, last year when we went to like some of the more curvy tracks, they had a lot more of an advantage being in the P2, but they're not in the P2 anymore. They're mm. in the DPI, so that's null and void. So, I don't know. I Yeah, I just don't see the same level of quality in the JDC cars, or, yeah, I just don't see the same level of quality in those cars compared mm. to the Penske's and the Acura's, and, well, Penske's and the Mazda's and the other Cadillacs. Well, but. yeah, yeah. And, it's, and if it be it's a case of, will the Mazdas make 12 hours? If they do, there'll be a chance. If they don't, then they won't, obviously. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> um, literally no surprises in GTLM at all. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Nah. Everyone's as you expect. Yeah. Again, just Brumos liveries, so I want to be very excited for that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, last year, well, you mentioned there's no Rizzy care for GTLM. Oh, yes, of course, yeah. Um, because... We don't have funding, by the way, BOP shit. But we don't have funding. Obviously, reese has been listening to James Collado a bit too much. <laughs> yes. But apart from that... Um... I think I think Rizzy was just worried about getting nerfed into the wall by uh, Vax Vieira again. So, like, <laughs> no, we don't, no, we don't want to be any part of this. <laughs> yeah. No, we don't want to be part of this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but again, so that's basically an eight-car heavyweight all in brawl that Corvette wins low. Are you sure? No. <laughs> Better. I I think Porsche. Porsche, the last two years, have been very, very strong at, at Sebring and have only not won it due to extenuating circumstances. Hmm. Like getting a puncture with t- 10 minutes to go. And it could be an important one for GTLM because it could be the last one for Ford and the last one for Beamer at Sebring. 
Yeah, all of a sudden it seems uh, that the GTLM class and the GTE Pro field, for that matter, it's been thrown into a little bit of flux. So mm. hopefully it comes out the other side in some sort of health. Um, yes. Yeah, this it's, it's just a weird time. Yeah, um, I feel like that's a rant that we need to, for an intro podcast that we should really do at some point. Yeah, we'll we'll save we'll save our rants for a time where we can be more feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Finally, seventeen cars in the GTD field, so that's literally half the field. <laughs> yep. And this is the class where I think we know the least about what's going to happen because Daytona ended in such a mess. Yeah, it was like who who wants to stay on track long enough to take the win. Mm-hmm. Um. But there is always you know the the group of very top level uh gtd cars you know your mm. your um ben keating riley motorsports car your magnus racing car your maya shank uh the girls yeah the girls um yeah very cool to see that christina nielsen's actually getting retained for the full um north american endurance cup mm-hmm. um so at least she's got some sort of drive well, she's remember also got, she's also got the gt ch- gt challenge as well this year which is the um, Pirelli Michelin Continental GT Challenge of the World no, the, Rumble, no, right? No, the, the Intercontinental one. Oh, Inter- okay, cool. Yeah, that, but, that word again. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, that's five events out of yeah. an entire year, which is a bit annoying. True. Because um, remember, remember, Christina Nielsen is a two-time IMSA GTD champion. Yes, very true. Um, another thing I think we should mention GTD, Motorsport. After having their car completely destroyed, they're here. Yay! That's actually a pretty good achievement. Mm-hmm. And the Scuderia Corsa, after V-Lander broke their car, are here because Cooper McNeil went here's money. <laughs> Fair enough. Are they? Is V-Lander still a part of that team? He is. He is. Interesting. They've gone with Jeff Westfall instead of Gunnar Jeanette. Because yeah. normally, normally wherever Cooper goes, Gunner goes. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing he's had to go somewhere else this year. Maybe. Um, any other interesting names? Um, we've got uh, Starworks with uh, who we had at Daytona. I wonder how many of them will keep the same liveries. I hope. I hope. I hope. I hope. Have their have their played. Have their played. Uh, Mag- yeah. Magnus are always fun. I I just love Magnus's YouTube channel. It's like mm-hmm. World Endurance. It's like it's like WC Circle Jerk, but in real life. It's not like this podcast. <laughs> no, it's much 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 better than this podcast. That's, that's true. Um, um, so we got the two the two Lexi, mm-hmm. um, Ambassador Sullivan. Yep, I'm, I'm glad, to, glad to see that Aaron Tealitz is still hanging around. I, yes, because I thought he was. Tealitz- I thought he was all right at Daytona. Cool. Yeah, it's it's good it's good to see these sort of guys get uh, get a continued drive because um, of course the car the driver that's missing out quote unquote is actually Jeff Siegel from that mm. number twelve car. So, like that's a name <laughs> that, that is quite the name. But yeah, yeah, that car finished fourth at Daytona in the end, and I'm th- oh, sorry, third in class. And I feel yep. like the only reason it came third in class is because it pitched at the wrong moment. Yeah, it's yeah, it was just one of those things where the randomness and kind of 
nullified the results. I'm just actually looking at the Sebring entry list and the Daytona spotters guy on my wall and trying to look at the cars that are missing. So, so far, I've got the number 13 Via Italia Racing Ferrari is not here from Daytona. No big loss. Uh, the, num- the number 51 Spirit of Race Ferrari. That's fair. Which was that- the, the PDL car. That's fair um, enough. Because they're, of course, racing the WEC. <laughs> yeah. um, 63's there, 71's there. I think the 88, the, the Canada car is not here. And the Black Swan car. And the, and the, um, the, the, uh, the N9 motorsport? Yeah, well, most of those, you know, I don't care about. Yeah. Uh, Black Swan, okay, yes, they're missing, but that's probably because Tim Pappas is still in recovery after his issue at Bathurst. Yes. So, um, that, that's fair enough. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, and yeah, so it is still a very competitive GTD field. The thing I want to make mention of is that we hope that GTD and P2 are not going to be the core of a significant amount of incidents. Because when they are, it just does turn the IMSA racing into a bit of a bit of a full course yellow fest. Yeah, and the way they run the cautions are not conducive to fun racing when that happens. No. Sorry. Oh my god, yawning. <laughs> Yeah, it's getting to that point of the night. Um, it's getting which, almost done. We we should we should wrap it up. Um, so last year's winner was a Lamborghini. Um, mm-hmm. We had seven makes in the top seven last year. Yeah, um, which is pretty good. Uh, pretty good comment on parity. Um, but it was Madison Snow and the Park Place Motors. Uh, sorry, Park Place. Paul Miller Racing. Paul Miller Racing. Paul Miller Racing Lamborghini that won. Um, unfortunately, of course, the much documented bumping up of Madison Snow and the driver ratings has meant he's not able to be here, which is a real shame. But that Paul Miller racing team could still win uh, with Corey Lewis as the AM uh, with Ryan Hardwick as well. Maybe not with two AMs in the car. Yeah, hard to say that with two AMs. But at the same mm. time, GTD is so wide open. It, yeah, exactly. They just need Brian Sellers in at the end. and they. Yeah. Yeah. So, who do you have? Are you brave? Pick? Uh, close my eyes, point my screen. I picked out number twenty-nine. One to place by land, and that's, it. and that's probably actually a fair bet, I reckon. Remember when you used a random number generator last time and you picked like three best cars? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you should just just keep riding that luck, man. Just keep riding the luck. Hey, it's, it, it works for me, right? Yeah, absolutely right. Um, I'm. Oh, who am I going to go with? I honestly don't know. I'm going to go with Riley. I think Riley's a safe bet. I hope they keep in delivery. That livery was so cool. I really, I also hope they keep that livery. Even if they just like tone it down a little bit and just break it up with white space, I don't care. It's, mm. Purple and orange needs to be a thing that more people are brave enough to do. I mean, they are sponsored by Wins This Race as well. Brilliant. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Okie dokie. Um, so that race starts on midday... On Saturday? 10.40 a.m. Oh, okay. 10.40 a.m. goes 10.40 p.m., obviously, Mm -hmm. being 12 hours, um, which for me works out to be, I think, uh, 10 past 1 in the morning to 10 past 1 in the afternoon. Which works out to be stupid o'clock for me. About the same, yep. Um, So, just a quick comment. We've got a contingent of guys at the track, led by our very own Hookie Monster FL, uh, 
From what I've heard of the antics at Sebring, uh, calling it a weekend-long party with a motor race in the middle of it would not be far-fetched. Yeah, no, and given the way that they were partying at Daytona, which is very much not that... Oh, How do they do it? How do they do it? They're mad. Just, just a lot. <laughs> we, so, we, we think Bathurst is a, we're somewhere where you go to get just absolutely maggoted and... <laughs> these guys take what it to another level. These guys take it to another level. Yeah. So if you are at the track, look out for the random guy with turn uh, at turn ten with the big old Toyota flag shouting oh. "Gazoo" like a maniac. Oh, if if he's going to be like a Daytona, he'll have a portable speaker playing the WEC TV intro on loop. Shouting "Gazoo." At the Toyotas. So, yeah, uh, keep an eye out for him. Um, that, that is if he's willing to meet you. I haven't vetted this with him, so... Oh, What's the worst that can happen? I'm sure it'll be fine. Tell, yeah. tell him Kiwi sent you. Yes, tell him Kiwi and Flood sent you. And if he's got stuff that I sent him, he should be able to give you something cool. Ooh. Ooh, ooh yeah, right. Um, don't forget to get your Fantasy WEC picks in for both races this weekend. Um, which is something I'm going to go do now. And I think that's everything. We will be back next week or the week after to wrap up Sebring and also have a proper in-depth look at the uh, 24 Hours of Le Mans entry list, the confirmed entry list, or the invites, rather. We need to because, because, my God. Because there is some things that, for example, Kiwi and Sol and Trovosaurus have... We have we have thoughts that we would need to express. She's got thoughts. She knows how to use them. Sorry. Did you just start singing ZZ Top? Yes. Is it the point where we should end this? Yes. <laughs> we should have ended it before ZZ Top, but now, yes. Very much yes. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Flubman11, KiwiCruz17, and I'm Peace Out! Everything went as about as expected.